And we welcome everybody to Our Line Starts. Liam McHugh, Keith Jones, Patrick Sharp, and we come to you to discuss this week's massive news from the world of hockey. That, of course, being Mike Milbury joining Twitter. Dominating the headlines here. I start with this. Poor decision or the greatest decision in hockey history? Jonesy. Might be the scariest decision in hockey history, I can tell you that. Mike can be a caveman at times. He can be a savant at other times. So let's hope the savant comes to the forefront and not the caveman. Otherwise, we're talking about a dangerous way for Mike Milbury to introduce himself to social media. Fingers crossed on that one, Liam. Let's put it that way. The dangerous is the word on that one, guys, isn't it? I mean, I love the fact that Mike is going to get to show a little more personality to these fans that he's talking to every day. He's got a certain reputation in the hockey world. I can tell the fans one-on-one, Mike is a guy you want to hang out with. He's excellent to talk to. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that Twitter brings out the interesting side of Milbury. But remember, Jonesy, there is some of that scary stuff too. We got to double check what he's sending out. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Uh, he's a smart man. Uh, he's got diverse interests. But we already saw... Uh, the first post, he's threatening with the shoe. We've seen the softer side with the gardening, 100% organic. That's good to know. But also, giving props where props is due, giving props to the league and Gary Bettman for, let's face it, the truly big news this week in hockey, and that is this return-to-play plan. 24-team tournament, two hub cities that will be named. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and it begins with this play-in, five to 12 seeds, five-game series, and then the top four seeds in a round-robin situation to determine their seeding one through four. Um, but obviously, it's a step in the right direction. We are a ways away from that. A lot has to happen. But this felt like a bit of hope here, Jonesy. Yeah, it felt more than a bit of hope to me, too, Liam. Direction, I think, is the key word. We know exactly where the NHL is pointing towards, and that's great news. The fans have something in the back of their minds that they can target as far as a date. There wasn't an official date given, but you do the math and you start thinking by the 1st of August, there's a very good chance you could be watching some, not just hockey, but some exciting hockey based upon what's on the line. I think the system that they put in place is outstanding. I've tried to poke holes in it over the last couple of days, and I just like it. It just it works for me, and I think it works for the fans, and I think it's going to be the most challenging Stanley Cup that ever, has ever been competed for uh, across the National Hockey League, and all of that adds up to me as a very exciting time for the NHL dealing with an adverse circumstance but finding a way to make it happen, and uh, can't wait till it arrives. Yeah, I love the Hub City idea. You know, it gives that feel of like the World Cup, World Championship, Olympic Games type format. We're going to be banging out games all day long. I love the fact that the NHL took a stance and said, we got to hand out our trophy. We got to finish the season. Regular season's over, but the playoffs in our sport is as good as it gets as far as sports entertainment goes. And we got that Stanley Cup. We want to see a team parading around the ice with it. So I'm with you, Jonesy. I think this is going to be the toughest cup to win who knows what's going to happen when we come back I mean we're analysts we're broadcasters we're supposed to break these teams down 
There's so much uncertainty going on in the world. How about the world of hockey? We don't know who's getting access to training, who's staying in shape, injuries. Teams are going to look totally different coming out of this. Either way, it was a great news day to hear from the commissioner that we're coming back to finish the season. I know it's a few weeks away, but it's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, regarding those hub cities with, which could have that world championship flavor to them, you have Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Those are the cities that are in the mix potentially for the hub city situation. Um, when you look at this, though, and one thing that sticks out to me is the competitive nature of this. It feels wide open. And uh, we've talked about this in the past, the idea of keeping the integrity. I think this does keep the integrity because if you do this in other sports, let's just say like you do it in the NBA and you start getting teams that are that far down and you put them in, into a playoff tournament, you know certain teams aren't going to last. They're out. They, they just can't compete. It doesn't feel that way in this circumstance, does it, Charby? No, it doesn't. I think every team that's playing now, all 24, they got a chance. I look back to some of those tournaments that we talked about in the past. The World Cup comes to mind with that North American team, Team Europe. Everybody seemed to write those teams off, but, you know, they worked their way up. They played competitive games as well, and they surprised a lot of teams in that World Cup tournament. When we come back, we're going to be seeing all kinds of crazy things happen in the NHL based on goaltenders, right? I mean, that's got to be the toughest position for anybody is getting your timing down at the goaltending position. I mean, it's going to be exciting hockey to watch. It's going to be fun. It's going to have that tournament format. And uh, as far as the hub cities go, I mean, every city that you name is qualified and has a great facility to host these games. And I'm sure it would be great. I guess it just comes down to getting closer to that date of announcing it, uh, where the best place is to go in the country. I don't know. I would prefer Jonesy somewhere with, with some nice sun. I know it's the summertime. Every, every city is going to be nice. But I'm thinking of Vegas or Dallas by a pool doesn't sound so bad on the off days. Although, yeah. I have to say, have you been to Vegas in early August? <laughs> that's a good point. I don't know if that's the sun you really want to enjoy. Well, I've been there in early August. I didn't mind it, but I wasn't outside a whole lot. I can tell you that. For you. And, I, and I don't think the players are going to be outside a whole lot. Obviously, they're going to have a lot of games to play during that time. But we'll call it dry heat in the summer. I think that's what <laughs> yeah. they tell you when they're trying to get you to come to Vegas. But that would be a great location just because the hotels are all within walking distance for the players. Yeah. Uh, that would limit time and close quarters like on buses, et cetera. Um, so you understand why that would be a good possibility, but you also understand why the league is waiting because Vegas is opening up again. That starts, I believe on June the 4th was what they anticipated and that'll ramp up week by week. So that could become a lot busier place by the time the NHL returns. And maybe that's one of the considerations uh, in keeping things wide open for other places to maybe step in and become the, one of the hub cities. Yeah, you'd have to think if they're doing this scientifically, they would like to wait as long as possible before making that decision because you just want to see what happens uh, COVID-19 related within that city, but also just population-wise within that city. And obviously, uh, there are some difficulties right now if you're looking at Canadian cities due to the idea that if you come in, there's the 14-day quarantine right now. Uh, but we are projecting, you know, like over a month away at this point. If you had it your way, would you go one American, one Canadian city, guys? I think it that would like be a, the right thing. No, Josie. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Vancouver out west, for example, and they just recently hosted the Olympics 10 years ago. You know, they got ice surfaces you can practice on. The game rink will hold up. So that one comes to mind. Uh, I do like the idea of, of a lot of them in the U.S., but 
splitting them 50 50 Canada and US. That's cool. I mean, I got a lot of family in Canada that has a tough time. When they go home to the border, they got to be quarantined for two weeks. There's an auto rules that apply at that Canada US border. So, a lot of things to work out, I'm sure. Yeah, and I don't think it really matters, Liam, if it's two Western Conference cities or two Eastern Conference cities. But I do think ideally you would want it to be one in the West and one in the East just because of uh, television and starting games in the Eastern Conference, making it available. Uh, I think that would be a bit of a challenge as well. We take a look at the return to play plan in the Eastern Conference. Top four seeds, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, and Philadelphia Flyers. They each have a bye into what technically will be the first round of the playoffs, but they'll play round, round robin to determine one through four. And then those play in, those best of five series, the 5-12 matchup, the Penguins against the Montreal Canadiens, the Carolina Hurricanes against the New York Rangers. It'll be the Islanders taking on the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But let's begin 5 against 12 because we'll talk about in the West as well. Compelling matchup here. You have the Pens, you have the Canadians, you have Crosby, and you have now a healthy Jake Gensel returning to the lineup. You obviously have Malkin. Canadians, five-game series, and you have Carey Price. What do you make of this, Jones? I think the rest of the teams that are involved are going to hope that Carey Price plays like he used to play and has the opportunity to knock out the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't foresee that happening. I think the Penguins are a team that will benefit a lot from the stoppage. They were struggling before it arrived. I think they had lost eight of their last 11 games or something along those lines, and they had uh, – it looked like a team that needed a break. They had many games this uh, regular season where they found ways to win with a depleted lineup that was missing a lot of their superstar talents. And when the superstars returned to the lineup, they often had some dramatic results, including a huge night for Crosby in his uh, return game where he had multiple points. So I would be very concerned. You mentioned Gensel. I think that's a big factor as well. And they loaded up near the trade deadline to make another run. Jimmy Rutherford was very busy. They've got depth at every position and they have superstar talent. I don't think Montreal will get past them in round number one. This little training camp and this time off is, is only going to bring those new Penguins closer to their team as well. At that trade deadline, I agree with you. It did look like the Pens were scuffling a little bit. The Capitals had their own issues, but they looked like they were winding things up for playoff hockey. Philadelphia looked like the team to beat in the Eastern Conference for a while there. Pittsburgh, I'm with you, gets a break at the right time. Now they can heal up. They get a couple weeks here to train, keep in touch, kind of build on something before they start their playoff run. Uh, in Montreal, in, in my opinion, I mean, I don't think they were going to make the playoffs anyway. It's a second chance for some of their younger players to see playoff action. Carey Price, he could steal a series, but the amount of uh, scoring chances he's going to be seeing in this series with the star power of the Penguins, uh, he's going to be in tough. So I like Pittsburgh in this series, and I like Pittsburgh to go on a good run, but as soon as I say that, I start thinking about the other teams in the Eastern Conference, and it's going to be tough coming out of there. Yeah, I mean, one other series that definitely catches my eye is the Carolina Hurricanes against the New York Rangers. Uh, first off, the Rangers beat them all four times during the regular season. Rod Brindamore has come out, and he is obviously not pleased. He says this devalues the regular season. What do they play this all for? Uh, to me, that points to a matchup that he's not happy about. But I wonder about this because – the Rangers, Jonesy, were sort of on the other side of this. Yeah, they cooled off a little bit by the time play stopped, but they had all this momentum, all this good feelings, and uh, they had star players that were playing to the height of their powers, and it seemed to figure it out 
figure out their goaltender situation, which is a very unique one. Now you stop all that and you're waiting around. Are we going to get the same Rangers team here or do you like Carolina? You, you might even get a better Rangers team because Chris Kreider's healthy and he's going to return. So it was interesting that the Rangers elected to re-sign him before the deadline. Uh, then he was injured the next night, and all of a sudden the Rangers get a second life with Kreider's return now that he's healthy and ready to go. So that makes them that much more dangerous. I understand Rod Brindamore's argument, but let's not be fooled here. Carolina looks terrible on paper. They have for the last five years, and they are one of the peskiest teams on the ice. The Rangers are not getting a treat here going up against this Carolina Hurricanes hockey team. So uh, I like New York's chances just based upon how well Panarin has played and Zabanajad. I think he runs a lot of the offense of that team and their defensive uh, work that he does should not be overlooked. So dangerous Rangers team and should make for a great series. Yeah, Panarin had a fantastic year. It makes everybody better offensively in New York. But Carolina is the team in the West I do not want to play in these play-in series. You're telling me they have all that speed up front, all that size, they live on the forecheck, they get pucks to the goal line, and they just make it tough on the defense than making plays. When you're coming back after a long layoff and you got to deal with some of these forwards of Carolina, that's going to be tough to handle, in my opinion. You talk about all the guys getting back healthy across the league. How about Dougie Hamilton? He was having a great season for the Hurricanes before he missed significant time. That kind of affected how Carolina was, was jockeying for position in the standings and at the goaltender position, finally. You know, we don't have to put the Zamboni driver in that. I know he did a good job, but they're going to get some goaltenders <laughs> back. I think Carolina's a tough team to face any time in the playoffs. We saw that last year. I wouldn't want to face them, you know, jumping back into things right away. Yeah, and you know what? This could be just Rod Brandenburg getting his team's attention. Also saying, you know, it's a little bit of us against everyone right now. They don't want us to win. They don't want us in this tournament. Uh, and I'm sort of with you, Sharpie. I would think if you're returning to hockey after not playing for a while, this is not the team you want to play in terms of style. They'll get under your skin. They'll just bother you. That being said, let's just go to the next round, this idea of teams in these 5 through 12 series, they advance. Do you like a bracket format, guys, or do you like the idea of receiving? Jones, you start. Uh, I'm a fan of the bracket. Uh, as a player, I didn't appreciate it that much. Uh, as a fan, I love it. I think it's uh, conducive to betting. I think it's good for pools. I think it brings a lot more interest, and it's kind of fun to follow along as the playoffs progress. So I like that system. I think as a former player, I would prefer going the other way. Uh, I think that um, I think the reseeding would be and luckily for me, I was on a team normally that was in the, one of the top-seeded teams in the playoffs. Uh, I would prefer if I was in that position to go by reseeding after the uh, first round or the round-robin round and, and having the opportunity to maybe play a team that you're not as familiar with as we've seen over the last few years, whether it's Washington, Pittsburgh, or Tampa, Boston. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that have played each other and uh, in a player's eyes a little too frequently. I'm fine with whatever way you want to do it. I like the fact that there's 24 teams in the playoffs now. You know, pretty soon there's going to be 32 teams in the National Hockey League. 16 of them get in. You know, if you take it, I like seeing more teams in there. It makes for a more exciting playoff. Now, as far as the reseeding, I have a question. Like those top four teams that are just going to play against each other in kind of a preseason format, that all of a sudden that puts a ton of emphasis on those games, doesn't it, based on yeah. which format you use. Either way, it like makes my head spin when I try to think of it all. I'm just happy to see hockey back. I prefer to see the one versus eight traditional matchups after we get into this play round, play in round and those top four teams play each other. That's where I'm leaning. 
but I'm not going to complain if it goes to the bracket side. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I kind of like the bracket for this one as well. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with those one through four matchups. And this just feels wide open. It, it really does. I think I'd be more for reseeding him under the traditional format of playoffs than I am for this one. But I like the bracket. It's laid out for you. And you're, you're right, Jonesy. It's just great for fans to see that, take their matchups and see how this goes. And my daughter, she's screaming. She likes it as well. She's pumped about it, too. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. And with that note, here's how things look in the Western Conference as we look ahead to the return to play. St. Louis Blues, defending Stanley Cup champs, they would be the one seed, but they're in this round robin with the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars to determine those top four seeds in the West. As for the play-in games, it'll be the Edmonton Oilers, which a team that just missed out on being a top four team by percentage points. They'll take on the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that probably was not going to get into the playoffs. Then it's the National Predators against the Arizona Coyotes. You have the Canucks against the Minnesota Wild. And it'll be the Jets taking on the Flames. And let's go, guys, right to that 5-12 matchup. Because if you're the Oilers and you have Leon Dreisaitl, you have Connor McDavid, and you were so close to being one of those top four seeds, and now you were staring at the Chicago Blackhawks and all that championship pedigree. If you're an Oilers fan, what are you thinking right now, Sharpie? Well, you're thinking, what a – what a tough team to match up against. You're going to have to look across and see Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, two-time Stanley Cup champion goaltender, Corey Crawford back there. Duncan Keith's going to be fired up. Brandon Saad's got a couple of rings under his belt. Those players in Chicago that have been there and done that, they know that their reputations of their career are built in the playoffs. Yeah, they're great players. Pretty much every night you turn on the Hawks game, but those big moments in the playoffs are what they live for. And that's a tough first-round matchup, especially in a best-of-five. But Edmonton, they're a team that is just so fast. With Dreisaitl and McDavid, they're going to be – this, to me, is going to be the most entertaining series to watch. You know, Chicago gives up a lot of chances. They're one of those teams that, whether they like to or not, they seem to give up a few chances to get a few. And that's going to make some exciting hockey, uh, for my eyes at least, to watch all these forwards flying around the ice. Yeah, Jones, are we going to get playoff pond hockey or what? We, we could, which would be great. We would love to see it. I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl put on a show every time that they're playing – uh, whether they're together or not. And we saw a lot of that from Dreisaitl in the absence of McDavid. So a huge challenge 
for Edmonton just based upon what Sharpie was talking about. He knows it well from that championship pedigree that's in Chicago and new life, an opportunity that kind of was not there. Probably a lot of the players on the team weren't even thinking about it when the stoppage happened. Now they've got a chance to sneak in and make some more noise when the playoffs have all of a sudden appeared in front of them. So they're dangerous. Chicago will be dangerous and be a tough out. And Edmonton is an improving team that has exceeded my expectations all season long. And uh, they should be excited just to be back in the playoffs. And some of that excitement and skill might take them through through the Blackhawks. But it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Sharpie. On paper, the most entertaining series in that 5 through 12 matchup, those five-game series. One series that I keep going back at, and I keep looking at these two teams, and every time I look at them, I pick a different team coming out of it. It's Nashville against Arizona. I, I feel like at this point, I don't have a read on a lot of it because we've been sitting around for a while, but I really don't have a feel for how that can go. Jones, are you leaning either direction? But I guess you lean towards Nashville and you say they've got a new lease on life. It's been a real bumpy year for the Nashville Predators, and I think that it's a team that has not met expectations all year long, but what a gift, the chance to kind of get back to playing the way that you are paid to be playing. Uh, they have a lot of guys that have not matched their salaries. They have a lot of guys that have more to give. And I think David Poyle uh, will be a, a happy guy if his players play to what they have demonstrated in the past, and that's that they can be a very good team and a team that should be considered amongst the best to try to have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Didn't see it much this year, but no. under these unique circumstances, I'm not going to say that they can't get there. So I would, I would lean towards Nashville, but Arizona will be pesky, much like the Carolina Hurricanes that we talked about earlier. Similar style of play. Dogs are barking for the Predators in Jonesy's house. Sharpie, they got to get better goaltending, though, the Preds, don't they? Yeah, they do. And when I think of Nashville in the playoffs, the thing that comes to mind more than anything is the crowd noise and the crazy atmosphere of the building. That's not going to be there in this play-in series. To me, that has a huge effect on how Nashville is going to play. I'm telling you, there's a lot of home ice advantages, but when you're on the road playing against Nashville in Nashville, it feels like they're skating downhill at you sometimes. So maybe that advantage is lost. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. And Arizona, one of those well-coached teams who, you know, you're looking for a superstar on the team. I know they got Ekman Larson on the back end. Taylor Hall up front is dangerous. I like Clayton Keller. He's going to be a, a great player in this league for a number of years. But it's the team system that they play with. They can lock it down with the best of them. They can be pesky, as Jonesy said. And they can be a tough first-round matchup. So, I mean, if you ask me to pick a winner, why don't I go ahead and, uh, and take the – Arizona Coyotes winning a close series. Yeah, it feels coin flip, and I like the idea that with Taylor Hall, you have a motivated player. A guy's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He gets to showcase his talents right here. All right, guys, final thought, because this was obviously a huge week in the NFL as we get this plan for return to play this 24-team tournament and these best-of-five series playing games in the round-robin situation for the top four seeds in each conference. One thing you took away from the news this week and you want to leave the people with is what, Jonesy? That we're going to play hockey again this year. Somebody's going to win the Stanley Cup. It's, uh, it's refreshing. I mean, it's been a really disappointing time for everybody, uh, to say the least. So a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I think there's some excitement that comes with that. And uh, I can't wait to get back and work with you guys in person and watch some good hockey along the way. Well, that's what I'm excited about, Liam, is getting back and working with you guys on a nightly basis, daily basis, maybe if games are in the afternoon. 
All I know is I got to get out of the house. I love being home. I love the family, but my wife has had enough of me. I think I've rearranged just about every piece of furniture in our house and uh, getting to the kitchen area now. So it's ugly over here. She wants me out. Let's get back to watching hockey. Uh, my family totally agrees. They would like me out of the house uh, very quickly. Uh, so, no, I'm excited about it. It's, it feels good to be talking about actual games, actual matchups. And I really – I've said this before. I totally believe this. I think this has the potential to be a truly meaningful, one of the greatest hockey tournaments we've ever seen. And at the end of it, someone will be hoisting the Stanley Cup. And here we are, little step by little step, we're getting – ever closer to seeing that happen guys always great to see you always great to chat and thank you so much to everyone at home for tuning in to this edition of our line sports